Hi, you're listening to Spotlight Asia, a podcast that shines a light on ideas that matter. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Spotlight Asia. I'm your host François Barré, and I'm today. It is my honor to welcome Chrissy Lightfoot. Chrissy is a multi-global, award-winning entrepreneur, lawyer, keynote speaker, AI law tech pioneer, and best-selling author of the Naked Lawyer series. Chrissy loves to help companies, individuals, lawyers, and entrepreneurs develop successful businesses, and in particular, low tech products. Hi, Chrissy, and thanks for joining us. Hello, it's a great honor to to be on this transfer. I'm really excited, actually. So, let's crack on. Let's crack on, and it's and it's a pleasure having you too. Uh, today's episode spotlight is on what it takes to disrupt, innovate, and grow an effective personal brand. Chrissy. I loved your books, The Naked Lawyer and Tomorrow's Naked Lawyer. In those books, you challenge conventional thinking with regards to marketing, branding, technology, and the future of law. In today's environment, lawyers are experiencing difficulties with their practice, notably how to market themselves and their business. How has COVID changed the way we can market ourselves? My first initial thought to to answer that question, Francoise, is really it shouldn't be any different to how it was before. Um, you know, I've I've been in this space for the last fifteen years or so, and particularly the last ten years since I wrote The Naked Lawyer. Um, yeah. And in that, I advocated a, a mix of online and offline marketing, but primarily making the move and the switch to doing a lot of your marketing and sales online. Uh, you know, funneling online to offline and back again, and what have you. Um, but over the, the last 10 years, it's only really been in the last few years that, that I'd say that up until then, there was a great deal of resistance by lawyers to actually shift to marketing online. They want to do things in the old way. They want to press the flesh. Um, I had a lot of um, resistance, can I say, from the old guard, particularly the more seasoned lawyers um, who, who basically say, you know, there's, there's no way you can do marketing and sales unless you're in front of a person and taking them out for lunch and, you know, doing that kind of thing. <laughs> Um, and, but, you know, surprisingly as well, even the young lawyers were saying, I didn't go to law school to be a salesperson. What am I doing? What am I expected to do? What you want me to go and market and sell and you want me to do it going to events and conferences and going online. And so I think it's, it's a, it was a, a behavior change mindset that, that should have been there from years ago. Um, I even had one lawyer that I worked with when I started doing a BNI, which was like a a federation small business kind of networking breakfast session. I used to go and take myself off to that as a junior lawyer. Um, and he said to me one day, if you get any business from that, I will eat my dictaphone. <laughs> uh, and I always remember that. And, and I, did, I did chuckle when a few months further on, I did come back and said to the managing partner, I've actually just won some business from a contact there. <clears throat> so he was quite chuffed. Um, so no, junior lawyer once, you know, partner nil. So that was, yeah. that was a good feeling. But I guess my point is that, um, yes, d during lockdown, of course, we haven't been able to, to meet in person. So a lot of lawyers have been forced to think about how they do communicate, how they relate, how they market, how positioning themselves to, 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 to win new clients as well as communicate with existing clients. So I think where there's been the resistance before, Those lawyers that have actively gone online, even just using Zoom as a communication tool, for example, have actually welcomed it and realized and thought, what have I been missing? Because obviously it does help their day-to-day -day productive 
processing methods, whether they are practicing laws in advising as a lawyer or doing their more business development kind of activity, that, that they could have been doing it in a much cheaper, faster, better environment than previously thought. So I think going forward, it, it, it's a good thing. that I'm not sure that a lot of lawyers will revert totally back to the old way in marketing sales and needing to press the flesh. Well, I mean, old, old habits die hard, but I agree that uh, the change uh, is, is, is a reality for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I mean um, you know, I've, I've spoken with many lawyers in the last six months here in the UK and abroad. Um, I am mentoring some people abroad right now. And they say, actually, it's not much different at all. The, the same principles of how you market, how you sell and the behaviours can be shifted online <laughs> instead of offline. So, you know, really answering your question, how has COVID changed lawyers and the way they practice law? It hasn't. It hasn't really. It hasn't changed the way they fundamentally practice law. It may have shifted in the use of time, how they use their time more efficiently. And, you know, they're having to do it more online than rather offline, but it shouldn't have changed the amount of effort they should have been putting into their marketing sales or branding efforts prior to COVID-19. That's, that, that's very interesting. Um... Which brings me to my second point, because uh, obviously on online networking and, and business development have been the new trend uh, this year and digital presence is even more important today than it was ever before. Maybe what what are the strategies? What, what is your take on the strategies that will help lawyers to be more present and effective in creating strong client relationships online? It's a question for me. I know <laughs> it, uh, I... I, I I, I am maybe part of this uh, 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 old generation thinking that nothing replaces a handshake. I realize now after six months of track record that, you know, you can have digital handshakes that work pretty well. But it is very still complicated for me to see how, when, how much is too much uh, and, and, and how little is not enough. It's really hard to have a full benchmark right now on, on, on how to create a strong relation when it's only online with a client? I think I'd like to refer to elements that are within the Naked Lawyer book because that, that is really a, a, a blueprint or a journey that I took as a trainee solicitor in, in basically how to do what you're just asking me, the strategies of how to build client relationships, how to roar, how to reach out and relate and that's from a standing start with no budget whatsoever. So it's not that we can make an excuse that you can't market or sell and, and onboard new clients if you don't have a budget. Yeah. So um, just speaking briefly, because I know that obviously the podcast is we're limited to, to time and, and I would love to share the whole book, but it would probably take about five hours. Well, it's, it's worth the time. I, <laughs> every, every, everyone who hasn't read the Naked Lawyer series should definitely. But please go on. Those that, those that um, don't, by, by no means, I'm not pitching here to say everybody uh, go out and buy my book. Um, of course, I'd love it if you did. But, but <laughs> I, if I could just get across some key points that you can get from this short podcast is that the starting point is you really now have to know yourself you only should get involved in something that you enjoy doing. None of us persist or persevere in doing anything if we hate it. So we have to find what you really enjoy about winning clients and looking after clients. Now, you start there with, with 
your your own emotional intelligence and your empathy with clients. So you want to relate with those who know, like, and trust you, but also would really get, understand, and you'd share common interests with. So, you know, fundamentally, it's about going out there and meeting people who could be potentially be your client, who you would actually enjoy spending time with. Because what you often find is a lot of clients, some of them become friends, some don't, but, but usually they do. Uh, uh, and because of that, what you need to do is find a niche uh, and find a niche of a niche of a niche. Because I, I think, you know, the, the Naked Lawyer is called The Naked Lawyer for a reason. It's a very sexy book. It's, it's, very, um, it's very out there. It's very daring. And I use an example in the book where I say, just as there's loads of sexual positions to be found in the Karma Sutra, there's lots of sexy niches and sexy positions to consider in how to differentiate your own legal service offering. Uh, and, you know, obviously how you go about doing that will be determined by who you really are, how, how you behave, what your character is like. And really digging deep into what makes you unique as a solicitor, but you as a person, what's your unique selling point and your point of difference, how you can stand out to another lawyer who is in the same field, for example. And to do that... What really worked for me and that I've been advocating is that you must develop a personal brand, a personal brand that ideally would align with your law firm's company brand and even a product brand, if that's possible. So, so for example, when I started out as a trainee solicitor, I, I um, started out and thought about how to devise a brand. I came up with the Entrepreneur Lawyer as a, as a brand for Brand Me. Once I moved on from being a solicitor, I, I find a new way and I thought I need to develop a product brand. And that was The Naked Lawyer because The Naked Lawyer book is a brand in and of itself. And then my company was called Entrepreneur Lawyer Limited, which was a natural lead on from my personal brand. And then it's all about using that personal brand by the acronym that I call RAW, Reach Out and Relate. And do that online in social media, social networks, do it everywhere. Uh, and what I talk about is in how to become a socially savvy junkie, basically. You know, in order to build client relationships, you have to be socially savvy and you have to get out there and mix it up amongst where your ideal clients are. Do you think the, the clients are ha, have opened their mind to this uh, branding of, of lawyers or are they still also from the ancient guard saying that my lawyer isn't supposed to be on social media? I'm only expecting him to be, you know, in his office waiting for my next call. Uh, it's a real question that's being asked often by by some of our colleagues from IGR who are saying, I don't want to start pushing clients I didn't push before just because I can't call them or reach them that easily anymore. And I want to remain very discreet. Is there a balance? Absolutely. I, I would actually advocate that. I'm glad you brought that up, Francois, because I think that, that links with the first thing I said about being comfortable, you know, about mm. who, about who you are and how you communicate and what suits you because you shouldn't be going into um, murky waters or territory that you're not comfortable in. And likewise, that's about being really sensitive to your existing client and potential clients, because we all communicate and expect communication in different ways. So I'm a great advocate of the and and not the or. So I'm not saying here that you should do it all online. I am trying to say that you are the best Um, person to decide what would be the best method of communication with your client but but by all means because we have so many options now for those of you that do feel comfortable using the online do because you will find that it's very cost effective and very time efficient Uh, but likewise it's you know 
some clients, they're very sensitive and they still need things in an old-fashioned way. They still want to come in and meet in person with their solicitor or they certainly want to speak with them on the telephone. But a lot of the great lawyers who are doing really well, they use a combination of all of it because they might use online to make an initial new contact, for example, and start to build a relationship. But then they will move it offline with a phone call and then a meeting in person. So they tend to mix it up, basically. Um, that, that's interesting for whomever would start today thinking he has to go one step further and try to be a bit more active in this way. What are the skills and tools that uh, lawyers should invest in uh, to make sure that they have uh, this kind of future? There's the skills, the primary one. It's um, before we, if, if we, if we chat just before we move on to that, Francoise, if I say one thing, it's first of all, today's solicitors, today's lawyers, today's advocates, um, they need to have a paradigm shift, basically. You know, this veil about I'm a lawyer, um, the veil isn't lifted, I put on a persona as soon as I walk into my office and I become the lawyer. Um, I, I think the paradigm shift is basically having the right attitude towards a client in that to be truly client focused, it's not about you. It's not about you, the solicitor. It really is about them. It's about your client. It's about being able to stand in the shoes of that client because we're all human. You know, um, what if it was you being served with a nasty litigious claim? What if it was you who was going through the divorce? And what if it was you who was about to lose your business due to a shareholder dispute? I mean, when, when you practice as a solicitor, you forget. You just go through the motions, this method and process. Whereas you've got to understand that this might be the first time ever a client has actually had to engage a solicitor and their world is ending. So, you know, being able to put yourself in that kind of position, then you automatically would think, heck, of course, I want, I want my solicitor to communicate regularly with me, for example. They're physically waiting for the phone to ring as to what was the outcome that the solicitor had with the other side solicitor, because you want to know. You don't want to be left for three days waiting for a letter. So, you know, the, the skill set is first, it really is about empathy, you know, and, and also humility, to have the humility to, to not be... Um, self-absorbed and arrogant basically that you have to think and feel like that client and how they're feeling i know you're uh, i know you're the ai low-tech pioneer on everything and that you help a lot of entrepreneurs developing their low-tech products so i'm i'm being a bit uh, uh, interested right now with what you're saying are We've discussed last uh, last time with uh, with some lawyers about how AI was really starting to to have a big space in our, in 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 our, our practice. Do you think that this is what would remain of the lawyers? Is exactly what you've just uh, uh, described, or will the, will we all, all will our empathy also be replaced by by AI at one point? Truthfully, I think years from now, yes, I think computers high-performance intelligence machines um, will have the capacity to show some form of empathy. Hmm. My understanding is that it has already kind of been created, but not, not to the extent that you would want to use it instead of a human. Um, AI has wonderful um, capacity to enhance what a solicitor does, what an advocate does. Um, it can also replace 
definitely right now what solicitors do. For example, you know, obviously with Robert Lawyer Lisa, we've created an, an NDA where two lay people or two business people can create a contract between themselves without a human lawyer. Now, that is purely because of a uh, an expertise automation system, which has an AI capability, which we don't actually need to use. The AI is yeah. used when we integrate it with other systems and we want to pull and push information elsewhere. Yeah. Um, so, you know, AI should be seen and welcomed as, as something to support and enhance solicitors, particularly if they want to develop AI products that create new income streams rather than see yeah. it as a threat to shifting the way that they already work. Um, I liken that to that is more so the legal tech that we see the most of that's out there where legal tech just basically helps support sisters do what they've always done in their existing business models. So I think using AI in legal, it's probably being used by someone they don't realize it's being used. So it's part of a, a software that they've already got and they're using or it's used for the purpose of creating a new product for existing clients or new clients to create new income. So the empathy side of it, I think lawyers should, shouldn't be afraid of all of this fantastic new technology. I think they should find the ways in which the technology should be used in a way that complements or enhances what they do or brings in new income streams, whilst the human lawyer should do what machines definitely cannot do at this point and may not be as good at even going forward into the future. So this, this trade-off between EQ, emotional quotient, i.e. emotional intelligence, and IQ, yeah intelligent quotient, intellectual capital, let the machines do what they're brilliant at that humans aren't so good at. The machines are really good now at doing lots of things. They're, they're great at helping lawyers debate. They help, they're, they're, they're more accurate, you know, at their data analysis. They can chunk through millions of data, which, you know, humans can't do. So use the machines for what they're fantastic at and humans focus on what you're really good at and make the two come together to, you know, to be a, a a duo dynamic for the benefit of the sister as well as a client. Thank you so much, Chrissy. I, time is flying, my gosh. Uh, we're already uh, uh, almost through. Uh, if I have to take some takeaways, I'd say uh, do what you like and do it with the right attitude to stay client focused and everything should be all right. Uh, to everyone listening, obviously, go and read uh, Chrissy's books, uh, The Naked Lawyer and Tomorrow's Naked Lawyer. They're fun, they're instructive, and they really get to the point. I hope you are updating the second with a COVID-proof approach. But obviously, what you're saying, it's, it's already COVID-proof because it was ahead of its time and already mentioning this kind of uh, problematics. I, I might just, uh, I, I like uh, people who are listening to us to come back with uh, two or three things to bring back home. Would you have some uh, resource you, you, you would like to share and recommend for our listeners to, to dig deeper into the problematics? Yes, um, you, you will obviously find lots of free content material on my own website. So entrepreneurlawyer.co.uk. If you look at the articles there, um, the podcasts as well, going back a good 10, 11 years. It's um, yesterday was Entrepreneur Lawyer's 11th birthday and I started writing immediately. So you will find loads of content there that's been in the media, the press, blog posts, articles, etc. Um, also, if I can draw your attention to a great book um, and a great lawyer called Mitch Jackson. Mitch Jackson is in the USA. He's a well-known uh, California litigation lawyer. He's brought um, a book out, Social Media for Lawyers. So do look up... Mitch Jackson on LinkedIn and 
and look at his work because he focuses very heavily on online communication for lawyers and he has an exclusive group there as well so i highly recommend getting in touch with me super super uh christy thank thank you so much uh, uh i hope uh, uh we learned something today i I'm, i know i did uh um, and, and and really thank you again for 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 your for your time and it was very interesting to 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 discuss with you um um All episodes will be available on any podcast streaming platform available. So go and check them also on our IGEA uh, website. Uh, in the next episode, we will chat with our guest Roberto Luzzi Crivelli from Legal Mondo about how to change your strategy to be more focused on your client's business and the do's and don'ts of client-focused strategies. Uh, you have listened to Spotlight IGEA, a podcast produced by IGEA for young lawyers across the globe. Don't miss the next episode. Thank you so much. Thank you. You have listened to Spotlight Aisha, a podcast produced by Aisha for young lawyers across the globe. Don't miss the next episode.